Hi, and welcome back to another exciting edition of Adventures in Unmarvelous, the podcast about two millennials who are watching the Marvel movies for the very first time. I am Graham. I'm Amy. Did we change the name of our podcast? (laughs) Oh yeah, it's not called that. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we have decided, well we didn't really decide, I guess we kind of decided, we're watching Ant-Man, Manant. 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 I kept thinking that throughout the whole thing. (laughs) Manant. So with this one, since this is a new one, what did you know about Ant-Man before we watched it? This is one that I didn't really know about until the movie came out. So all I really know is from what I gathered from the previews, which I don't even really think I saw many of. So... I really just knew that this guy could get small, and I knew that Paul Rudd was in the movie, and that's just about it. Yeah, that's basically the same here. I knew a little bit about him just because one of our friends was like into comics. Like I knew of him, but that was it. Didn't know his name. Didn't know who he was. Didn't know his bad. Like I didn't know who the bad guys were. I didn't know what his his talents were. Yeah. So yeah. Well. That's kind of boring, but yeah. Well, oh well. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Can't all be uh, pork chops. Nope. So should we just start talking about it? Yeah, then, let's I just guess? start talking okay. about it. Yeah. Sorry if, if we seem a little weird. This is like coronavirus staycation day four, four five, five something, and we just got the news that me being a teacher, I'm now out for like the next two weeks, but there's a possibility it could be more. So we're going stir crazy. I mean, I'll be back at work tomorrow, probably, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hospitals eh. don't close for you. Eh. <laughs> All right, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. 1989. That's when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Howard Stark meets Hank, Dr. Pym. Yep, Dr. Pym. My name's Hank Pym. Sell Pym Prane and Pym Prane accessories. <laughs> Mad about stealing research... Stark talking about Pym particle. Dr. Pym doesn't want folks to get the formula. So he's Mr. Krabs, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Peggy Lady is there. So so said you. Oh, yeah, she looked a lot like Peggy. Was it her? She looked like old Peggy. Was it old Peggy, friend? Do the research department, yeah. Research department. I thought maybe we could get some listener involvement. Oh. Yeah, we can can do that, too. You can just look it up. Yeah, that was her. There we go. (laughs) Question answered. Yep. Paul Rudd, breathing, gets punched in the face. Prisoners, I guess. This is not the 80s, right? Probably not. No, it's like more present day or whatever, I'm sure. Paul Rudd is leaving the penitentiary. He meets up with his bro, who has a van. Yeah, that was actually a really funny conversation they had in there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's like, how you doing? Or how's your mom? Oh, she's dead. My dad got deported. Something else happened. It's like, but I got this sweet van. Yeah, he lost his girlfriend, mom, and dad. But he's got a van, so cool. Yeah, I like him. He's a cool character. Yeah. Paul Rudd's got a job. He's like, well, I have a master's in electrical engineering, so it shouldn't be a problem getting a job. And then, like, one of the next scenes is he's working at Baskin-Robbins. Yeah. Which, haha. I've never had or been in a Baskin Robbins. It's okay. It's ice cream. 
Yeah, yeah. If I don't like really like. Cream, I mean, I don't eat ice cream like it, that much. So. I'm starting to not really like it that much either. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, we have ice cream in the freezer. Hey. I just remembered that. <laughs> hey, that thing we don't like very much, we have some. Yeah, well, we bought it before the apocalypse. Right. Like, I like ice cream every now and then, but it, I don't need it all the time. Yeah, I'm just, it's, you know me. I'm more of a salty, sweet kind of, or salty, crunchy, umami kind of guy. We're all salty kind of people. <laughs> That's true. The Baskin-Robbins manager found out about Paul Rudd's prisoner status, and he's cool about it, but he still has to fire him. Yeah, and I think, listeners, that that guy is on Tim and Eric stuff a lot. You don't really like Tim and Eric, do you, though? Not really at all. Yeah, I really like Tim and Eric. The manager offers him a mango fruit blast before he heads out. Quite nice. Yeah, that was funny. And then there's this quote that it's like Baskin Robbins always finds out, and that was funny too. Is that okay? This is me just being ignorant about this. Is that like, is that a thing, or is that just like a funny joke? Oh, I don't know. I just thought it was a funny joke. Okay, that's what I thought, but yeah, I, 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 I that just shows how little I know about Baskin Robbins. I mean, I guess it'd be like the Golden Arches are always watching you. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Speaking of, I just read. I don't know if this is true or not. That evidently. That the the McDonald's golden arches were like made to attempt to like subconsciously make viewers think of like boobs, like like bosoms, like no bamboozle, no bamboozle. That's hilarious. And it's supposed to be like where you get, it's like you you'd see you'd think like oh it's like Mother McDonald's will. I don't. I that's will provide something <laughs> like that. Yeah, or maybe it's wow. just like oh boobies. I want some cheeseburgers now. Well, I mean, not that far off, I guess. Yeah. Boobs, but, cheeseburgers. Yeah, because I think it was designed around the time of, like, the 50s, like the, like the Mad Men, Mad Men, Salty Mad Men. <laughs> okay, that's an interesting fact. Yeah, I, I mean, it could totally be bullshit, but that's what Reddit told me a little while ago. Okay. Paul Rudd heads to Bro's apartment, meets Dave... Who's T.I. Okay, yeah. Rudd doesn't like violence. He is a cat burglar. Ant-Man is Scott Lang, we find out. Dr. Pym goes to his little headquarters. Shiny Dome talks about particle that changes distance between atoms. A soldier the size of an insect. The ultimate secret weapon. It... Shiny Dome was my name for that bald guy. The bad guy? Did we learn his name? Yeah, his name is Darren Cross. Darren Cross. Yeah. He's Shiny Dome in my notes, if that um, helps anything. It's the only descriptor I had for him. Yeah. I apologize to all bald people who are insecure about that. But yeah. that's, that's the only thing I got other than a white dude. This was the moment in the movie where I started being like, Okay, I am totally on board with this because it reminded me very much of like a 1950s like B horror movie with like crazy science and I don't know, it had a really cool like vibe that the other movies don't so far. My next note just says seeing that Ant-Man wasn't real. Yeah, cuz da- like That uh, was Pym, right? Yeah, cuz it sounds like so Darren Baldman was the protege of Pym, and Darren, like, wanted to get all of his secrets, but there was some stuff that he didn't, that Pym wouldn't share. 
Mm-hmm. And one of them was like that he thought Pym figured out a way to do the atomic distance thing like better, but he's like not sharing that info. Okay. Shiny Dome was inspired by Ant-Man and presented the Yellow Jacket, which was supposedly a peacekeeping vessel. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just like um, Ultron was supposed to be a peacekeeping yeah. program. Or like any military equipment. Yeah. Pym is mad Shiny Dome buried these secrets. That's what I was just yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about, yeah. Okay. Rudd goes to daughter's birthday party, gives her a present, and she <laughs> loves how ugly it is. And it was the cutest thing. Yeah, that was... You really enjoyed that. I just think the daughter was really cute, and I don't know. Like genuine? Yeah. It wasn't like one of those kid actors that's overdoing it or underdoing it. I don't think so. I just yeah. thought she was a cute kid. No, it's just funny. Like when he gave that really ugly doll, she was like, oh, it's so ugly. I love it. And then you just were on the couch and you were like, oh. It was very cute. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, talks to, I guess, ex-wife about how to be in his daughter's life more. So we find out that he's like estranged from his. He was. But he's not anymore because he's in prison. Like, wouldn't he be? Wouldn't he have been estranged and now he's not? I don't know what that word would be though. We find out that he and his <laughs> wife are no no longer together, and she's dating some cop. Yeah. Or engaged to a cop. Mm-hmm. Shiny Dome talks to a guy in the bathroom and turns him into marinara sauce. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Paul Rudd comes to Bro's apartment and asks about the tip he mentioned earlier. Old man's got a safe and he's gone for a week. Yeah. And that was like, we find out that uh, Michael Pena's character can't tell stories concisely. Yeah, that is a pretty funny part about this movie. Yeah. The humor in this movie was great. It's good. It's good. Paul Rudd goes on the mission. He climbs up the house and undoes the alarm. I couldn't come up with a good word for that, I guess. So I just used undoes. What was the... D- disarms the alarm? Yeah, what was the... Um, what was the Tenacious D thing? When he's like... on the He's like narrating him on the roof like... To wear vents on the roof. roof. Uh, I don't know. It's like, oh shit, someone's coming. Or something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. <laughs> So he gets in the house, and then he finds a fingerprint lock on the door, and he's MacGyvering his way into getting a fingerprint so that he can get into this door. And then after the door is a Carbondale safe that he breaks open with ice. So that master's degree is really coming in handy. Yeah, I, who would have thunk? There's nothing but a suit in the safe, and we find out that Pim was watching the whole thing. Then we go to a little sheep in a lab. Shiny Dome is a jerk. He tries to shrink the sheep, but it turns into marinara sauce. (laughs) Which is sad. I didn't like that. I don't think you were supposed to. (laughs) Paul Rudd has the suit from the safe. He puts it on. Bros come home, and Rudd hits a button and gets small in the bathtub. The bro turns the water on, and Rudd flops out of the bathtub. 
he falls into a rave and then rides on a record player. And then he gets sucked up in a vacuum with a Lego. Yes. Which, like, I guess maybe I have really cheap vacuums, but I don't think my my vacuum could suck up a Lego. No, unless we use the nozzle bit. Yeah, but they didn't. No, they sure didn't. <laughs> Paul Rudd finds a rat friend. He flies out a window onto a car roof and then gets all big. Rudd returns the suit and gets caught by the police. Hank Pym visits Rudd in jail, and that's when he finds out that Pym set the whole thing up. Yeah. And that was, like, the part where there was all the little ants crawling around the, like, the lens of the camera that was recording them. Rudd's daughter loves the ugly toy so much. It's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then it looked like he would give her a lot of, like, ugly toys. Or was I reading into that too much? Because um, it looked like there was, like, hit panned and there were a bunch of, like, a bunch of stuffed animals in there. Oh, I guess I didn't notice that. I, I might have just, like, made a connection when there wasn't there. Or when there wasn't one there. Yeah, maybe. Some bugs bring the ant suit to the jail cell. He gets tiny and escapes. Rudd flies an ant and catches a ride on a police car. This is a stud muffin McHandsome Pants the third note. Uh, so Slovakia newspaper on the subway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They so like a guy was reading on the newspaper and it talked about like it was just like a cool little note that tied the whole universe together. Rudd wakes up to see Pim's daughter standing there. There's a lot of bullet ants on the floor. Did you think of what I thought of? Every time I hear bullet ants. Is it Coyote Peterson? It is Coyote Peterson. Okay, guys. If you've never seen Coyote Peterson, you need to like pause this podcast, go find a way you can watch YouTube, and watch this knucklehead. He does this thing where he, like, I don't know why he does it, but he gets willingly bitten and stung by insects that are notorious for being very painful well he says that it's for science or I, education you, you, or something. You, i mean they make a thing called the schmidt pain index and i can just i understand that it's very painful yes i don't need to know exactly well, how he's painful. going through it he's sacrificing himself so that you don't have to do it he also stuck his hands in a boiling hot spring <laughs> once <laughs> you sure did. like i can understand that it's painful i don't you don't need to do it but anyway he like got bit by a bullet ant and I can't remember if that one was one of the really bad ones he did. I think it was. I kind of remember some blood oozing a little bit. Yeah. Well, the one that was really bad is the that big wasp thing. Yeah, the tarantula hawk. Yeah, the tarantula hawk. Oh, and then the one where he accidentally got bit by that uh, that salamander thing. Oh, the Gila monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like he was trying to take a picture of it, and he got like way too close, and it just <laughs> bit his thumb, and his thumb like swelled up. So good. Yeah, you guys really need to watch Coyote Peterson. There's one more that I'm going to mention before we move on, and it's when he, the alligator snapping. Turtle, oh my god! What an idiot! <laughs> he tries to make a little brace out of like two sticks. It was bamboo <laughs> and like some leaves that he found on the ground. <laughs> He's like, it's, it's going to help. It's going to help. And the turtle goes, like, straight through. Right through. It did nothing. <laughs> but then, like, he got... And he's just, like, screaming. And the guy holding the snapping turtle is just kind of like, yeah. 
Yeah. That's what happens. No. The same <laughs> thing happened with the same thing happened with the alligator that he got remember when he got bit by the crocodile? Mm, vaguely. Yeah, there was like a little crocodile he got bit by and it started like pulling a skin. Yeah. And the guy holding it was like he you could tell he was like, I, I don't I don't know what you were expecting. <laughs> so yeah, so go good. check out Coyote it's, Peterson. It's called um Brave, Brave Wilderness. Wilderness. Did you say that earlier? No. Brave Wilderness. Yeah. Go check it out. It's, check it out on oh, YouTube. Oh man. Classic Oof. stuff. You could watch it all day if you wanted to. Man, it's his other videos are only okay, but the ones where he's getting bit and stuff, that's where it's at. Yeah, it's like he tries to be like a Krat brother sort of uh, who's the it's like a terrible version of the crocodile hunter. Yeah, except with him, he's like, oh, man, that bite would be pretty bad. Let's leave it alone. And then he's like, that bite's probably really bad. I want to see just how Let's bad. See how bad it is. <laughs> Turns out it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, that's it's Schmidt, bad. That's Schmidt Pain Index. I agree with that ranking. <laughs> that's what he says a lot of times. It hurts. Oh, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we knew. We knew that. <laughs> What are you telling us that we couldn't figure out on our oh, own? Oh, God. He's... Oh. So Oof. good. I could talk about him all yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Let's a, get back to Maybe we could just Ant-Man. make a different podcast called, you know, Coyote Peterson's... Could be good. Anyway, so Rudd crawls across some ants to talk to Hope and Pim. Pim offers Rudd tea while talking about a job, and the ants try to give him sugar cubes. And that was very cute and funny as well. <laughs> <laughs> Pim can control the ants through his little hearing aid thing. Mm-hmm. Pim thought the suit was too dangerous, so he hid it, and he took on his protege, Shiny Dome, Darren Cross. Shiny Dome obsessed with recreating the formula for Pim Particle. So, yeah, you're right. It's Mr. Krabs and Plankton, basically. Yeah. Well, and one other thing, I don't know if you said this or not, but you find out that like you have to have the helmet on. Uh, that was actually just my next note, oh, okay. so I will just skip that one. Yeah, you have to have the <laughs> helmet on, because if you don't and you get super tiny, you go crazy. I don't. They didn't explain it other, like yeah. any more than that, so I don't know if like your you, your brain it it's like your brain goo seeps out. Yeah, maybe it's like, you know those like little. And that's mm, maybe that is that what the marinara sauce is? Maybe brain goo. Maybe that's a lot of brain though. A lot of brain. Maybe it's like, you know, those um, wash rags that are like the little squares and you put them into water and they... They get bigger? Yeah, maybe it's like that only backwards. Maybe. And then when it goes back, like it it keeps like expanding and not expanding. Okay. <laughs> and then it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I like that theory. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with that. Pim says if Rudd helps him, he will help him be with his daughter. Yeah, well, and it was supposed to be, like, that was a pretty heavy-handed metaphor of, like, Pim is, it's kind of like a reflection of him and his daughter with Rudd and his daughter and that whole thing. Yeah. Paul Rudd's daughter is the cutest. Says, <laughs> <laughs> says I think, I think what was cute about her is um, she's at the age where, like, just her front teeth are missing. Oh, yeah. And that's just so cute for some reason. I don't know why. Um, she says she hopes her almost stepdad doesn't catch her dad. Yeah, that was really cute. Shiny dome with more sheep experiments, like a total asshole. Oh no, he he did it. It's a tiny sheep, the tiniest sheep in all the land. <laughs> 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 Which, like, okay. If you 
could I know exactly what you're going to say. Any animal to be tiny and just to have as a pet, what tiny pet would you have? Oh, any man. animal. Is that what you thought I was going to no, ask? No, there's that question that's like, would you rather have like a horse-sized giraffe or a giraffe-sized horse or something like uh, that? Have you ever yeah. heard of that one? Yeah. Um, no, d- so I want like a, a tiny version of, an, of a pet. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be as tiny as the sheep was because that was like a little Lego sheep. Yeah, but it could yeah. be like I'm thinking like a rat sized. Okay. Anything. Okay. Um, man, that's tough. Maybe like a little sloth. That would be cute. They seem like hanging out with me. Yeah, you like just a, like hang out on your shoulder. Yeah, I give him like a little sling. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I like that answer. My, my shoulder sloth. What about you? I've been thinking about it because, as you know, I dish out the questions yeah. and then I don't have an answer myself. So give me just a second. Would it be a skunk? Skunks are already kind of small, though. Yeah, but they're not rat-sized. They aren't rat-sized. No, I don't think so. How big are the quokas? I think they're kind of they're pretty tiny? cat-sized, too. Okay. Like, maybe a little bit bigger. I think I would probably do, like, a big cat. So like a tiger or a lion or something. Mm, okay. Ooh, what about like a, like a? Oh man, the I love the the. Is it a lynx that has like the just big ass paws? The big paws, yeah. Yeah, that'd be cute. Very cute. There's got to be something else that's even that's, better. That's, yeah, maybe like a kangaroo or something. Yeah. Or a koala. Oh, a tiny kangaroo would be very cute. Koalas <gasps> are already. Think about small. a tiny kangaroo's tiny baby, in his tiny pouch. Oh, so small. That would be really cute. So small. I also think like a... Panda. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking even... Uh, ooh, a panda would be cool. But like, <laughs> I'm thinking like a whale or something. I was thinking of... Yeah, whale. I was thinking of like mammal, like uh, aquatic things too. Yeah. Yeah, I think some kind of bear would be cool. Like a polar bear. Yeah. Anyway. Hmm. That's a good one. I'll have to keep thinking about that. Uh, yeah. We'll keep thinking about it as we're talking, and maybe we'll come up with something else. But for now, let's go back Ooh, to him. What about a pangolin that's that, a like, pangolin. A, that's like rat size? That would be so adorable. That would be very, very cute. Uh, I love pangolins. I do, too. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going I'm to stick with my sloth. Yeah. Okay. So, Rudd says to call the Avengers. Pim says he doesn't want the tech in Stark's hands. Can you blame him? Nope. Hope wants to wear the suit. Pim says no. Really quick, did we, and maybe we have, and it just, with the 12 movies we've watched, it's gone out of my brain. Do we know how Papa Stark died? I don't think so. I didn't take any notes on it, I don't think. Okay, because I was just thinking, like, Pim is roughly his age, mm-hmm. if he were still alive. Yeah. It just seems weird that it's never been mentioned. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Good point. Sometimes I have them. I'd say frequently. Rudd asks why he doesn't wear the suit and <laughs> just listen to our cat urinate in the, in the litter box at least, but um, interesting was, sound. That was a lot. Yeah. Rudd asks why he doesn't wear the suit, meaning Pim, and he just said that it took a toll on him, and he says, you're our only option and then I said, is that true? Like, they couldn't find anyone else? Yeah, I'm not sure why they they were so adamant to pick him. It seemed like their reasoning was kind of not that sound. It's kind of off. 
Like, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I get I'm that gonna, he's good at sneaking around and stuff. I mean, I, I guess if it's just like, if you can break into my vault, you can, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> you can like break into my vault, then you're good enough to save the world. I guess so. Which that's kind of narcissistic. Pim needs Rudd to be the Ant-Man. Training him to go through the keyhole is not working that well. Like, he just kept running into the door. Yeah, that was pretty funny. It was funny, but I also called it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hope was trained in martial arts. And so this is when I asked, so why can't she just be in the suit? This is bullshit. That's answered later. (laughs) I guess I get it later on, kind of. I mean, it's a shit answer, but I get it. Yeah. Ant-Man thinks the crazy ants are cute, and I kind of do, too. Because he names it Antony. Antony. But Antony wasn't a crazy ant. No, no, he wasn't. He was a different kind of ant. He was his ant. I also wrote, I'm learning things about ants, which is fun. Is he just playing with the litter in there? I think so, yeah. We just hear in this, like... He's covering up his, his job, which is good. He might be. Sometimes he just flings he it outside. He might just be playing of, in it. Yeah. What are the things you're learning with these ants? I didn't take any notes on it, but there were like four or five species that they mentioned, right? Because yeah, it was well, like the crazy ants and the bullet ants and the... Is, and do crazy ants actually give off electricity? I don't know that crazy ants are actually things. Okay. That's what I, I was like. I've never heard of a crazy ant. And I... Because I... Okay. There are some animals that do give off electricity. Right. Well, I can think of an I, I can think of an eel. I can't think of anything else though. Now I want to look it up though. Yeah, go ahead and look Should it up. Should we research? Yeah, department? research department. Okay. What are some other animals that give off electricity? I'm sure I'm certain there's like other aquatic doodads that can zap spices at people. There are things called tawny crazy ants that seem to be drawn to electronic devices. I guess they just took some artistic liberty. I guess. This is from the New York Times Magazine. It says, But as David Oy, a research entomologist at the Department of Agriculture, told me, the science fiction-ish theory that the bugs are actually attracted to the electricity itself can't be ruled out. Hmm. So I'm looking right here at this list of 12 animals who actually use electricity, and I think I might have had a different animal. Even though they're tiny, I don't think they're rat-sized. Okay. An echidna. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. But apparently they can pick up electrical impulses in their snout. Like they can smell electricity in grubs. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, he's a cute boy. Very cute. I love echidnas. Stargazers, these awful, awful creatures of the deep, <laughs> um, also give off electricity. Like they, that's how they immobilize their prey. A lot um, of deep sea creatures. Yeah look like things I don't want to meet. <laughs> Geckos use electricity in their toe pads to climb up stuff. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Look huh. at everything we're learning yeah. today. Did you know that when you turned on this podcast, you'd be learning about animals and electricity? Oh, hey, sharks can also smell electricity. Oh. Huh. What do you know? How about that? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think echidnas would be cute, though. I agree. How big are they? How big is the average echidna? I think they're kind of cat-sized, too. Why do I think everything's, like, cat-sized? But, like, a little bit bigger, maybe. Let me let me check it up here. How big is an echidna? Well, there's several different kinds, but it looks like they are 
<laughs> between 7 to 20 pounds. Short beak echidnas are 7.7. Western long beak echidnas are 20. Okay, so that's roughly cat size. Yeah, there's nothing for scale on these pictures. They're just, they're just like leaves and stuff, so I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if our cats are like 10 to 15 pounds. That's true. I mean, however, this is adorable as hell, and he's holding it in his palm. Oh, so cute. I just want, I just want an echidna. Yeah. Okay, are we talking about a movie? I think, but now I can't stop thinking about animals that I want small. Well, hold on a second. Kansas governor ordered the closure of all in-person K-12 schools through the end of the school year. Wow. Sorry, I just... I. Okay, Ant-Man. we get Ant-Man. back to Ant-Man, Ant-Man, where he is learning about these discs that Pym developed or whatever. Kind of like super batarangs. W- would you call them that? I don't know. I mean, like, they're... The red ones... Yeah, stuff. it's like a shuriken with magic yeah. in it. <laughs> <laughs> so the red one shrinks and the blue makes things big. And then we see Rudd trying to get ants to put sugar in the tea. It's very like Mr. Miyagi kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like wax on, wax off, but also to get the ants to put the sugar in the tea. Yeah. <laughs> And it's way less racist in this movie. Hope has a lot of control over the ants, but she's kind of a grumpus. Rudd says he's expendable, and she isn't. So that's that's kind of when we found out. Well, yeah, Ish. and then, like, the, the... I mean, I think that was, like, kind of the given, but you didn't get the full extent of why until later when he's, like, talking about his wife and stuff. Okay, we can talk about it later then. Yeah. Rudd can control the ants to pick up a penny. Neat. They also spin it. (laughs) Pim mentions the wasp. And then that's when he starts talking about the mom. Yeah. Where they're like trying to deactivate this bomb. And she had to go subatomic so she could like get into the bomb. So she could. Like squeeze in between the the cracks in the outer shell of the bomb. Yeah. And that okay, so this brought up a question I had because one of the things that had been kind of bugging me about this movie and I feel like this happens with a lot of movies that have like CGI and that all relies on scale is that that scale keeps changing. Yeah. Cuz I remember that Troll Hunter movie. Do you remember that? Yes. I really liked that movie. It's a great movie, but the scale would change all the time. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like there were moments where Ant-Man was way smaller than an ant. And there were moments where he was, like, bigger than an ant. Yeah. And so I guess my question is when he hits his little button thing, does he control the size that he goes to? You know what I mean? Like, is it, like, Maybe. a set scale? And then if right. he hits it again, he goes even smaller? Or, like, is it kind of like you hit it and then you let go when you think you're about right? I... I'm guessing the latter just because, like, he eventually does get to the subatomic level or whatever. Like, he does get even smaller. So I think he can kind of control how small he gets. But then it's like, then why is he always ant size? Couldn't he do some things, like, a little bit bigger? Well, then you got to ask, too, like, then in the very beginning, when he put it on... He got, like, perfect ant size, like, right away. Yeah. And that seems like, if you can control it, 
Yeah. It's also like it incredibly fast. Mm-hmm. So it seems like if you could control it, you'd get you could get subatomic like way quicker. Yeah. Than you anticipated. These are the hard hitting questions that I'm not afraid to ask. Very important. Hope asks why he didn't tell her sooner, and he said he was trying to protect her. What a dummy. So this is, by that I mean that Hope was talking to her dad about that whole thing. Yeah. And he said, like, his original story was, like, she died in a car crash or something something, something really generic. generic. I thought it was a plane crash. Some, yeah, Because, like, it like was, that. like, kind of, sort of, not really flying was involved. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was... Kind of dumb of him. This is when I wrote in my notes, remember, honey, I shrunk the kids. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch that often? I think I've seen it twice. Okay, I watched it pretty often because if we haven't mentioned this on this podcast, it's because Rick Moranis is a dreamboat. Which is so weird. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, just because... This guy can shrink. Obviously, it's going to remind me a lot of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but there were scenes with, like, giant ants and stuff in that movie, yeah. too, so. Well, and then, like, then at the end, it was kind of like Honey, I Blew Up the Kids or whatever. That one I didn't watch as much, so I don't know. That I, don't, I mean, I've never well. seen it, but I, I know it's a thing. Okay. And I'm just using my brain to think yes. they got bigger. Pro- most likely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rudd sent to Stark Warehouse. Turns out it's the new Avengers facility. Falcon is there. Yes. Rudd introduces himself. Falcon and Ant-Man fight. Ant-Man's got a friend in Anthony. (laughs) You've got a friend in Anthony. (laughs) Ant-Man destroying Falcon's tech from the inside. Rudd got the thing. What was he looking for? Uh, I don't think it really told you. Okay. If they did, it wasn't. It was just some kind of tech. Which probably explains why I said the thing, because I didn't like get a, it. It was like some kind of a computer chip thingy. Yeah. Technology. Technological romance. romance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish we made sense to anyone but us. Yeah, we have a very specific brand of references that... Maybe three or four people will get all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, for the weird weird stuff. That yeah. one was from Homestar Runner. <laughs> Trogdor! I saw a guy that had a Trogdor sticker on his car the other day. Wow. I was like, I don't know who you are, but I bet we'd be friends. Probably. Shiny Dome is in the house. Wants Pim to show up to an event because the company is doing well or whatever. Shiny Dome is searching for validation, and he can't find it, so he left. I can't remember exactly what he just described. Some of the interactions between like my students and I, it's like they definitely want my validation, and I'm like, you're not doing anything. Yeah. (laughs) Then you can just leave. You can leave now. Ant Man gets his crew in on the case. He shows the crew how his suit works. Ant-Man sneaks into his daughter's bedroom to give her a goodnight kiss, and then they start the mission. 
That's probably all we can do. Yeah, that's what I was like. I'll stop there. Man whistling, it's a small world. When did Disney buy Marvel? Is what I wrote. Yeah. And then we looked it up and it was like 2006 or 9, somewhere. It wasn't before, it was before 2010. Yeah, it was before this movie came out. So now they can put all the Disney songs into the Marvel movies. Disney is just eventually going to, we're going to be the United States of Disney. I am tentatively okay with that. Be like, if they continue to do better than they once were. (laughs) Here's the question. Obviously, if Disney were the government, Mickey would be president. Correct. Who would Vice be? Probably Donald. And then Secretary of Defense would be Goofy? Yeah. I think for some reason, Mickey puts more trust into Donald, even though he should be putting more trust into Goofy. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I guess that means, like, North Korea would be Pete? I suppose. I mean, old-timey Pete. Old-timey Pete. Yeah. Hmm. Who would Trump be in a Mickey Mouse world? Maybe he would be. I don't know enough Mickey Mouse characters. Well, I guess all Disney. It could be all Disney. So, like... Who's, like, a gross, disgusting character in a cartoon? We'll come back. Or something to think about for our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Maybe let us know. Who would D-Trump be? Or who would your pick for a Disney government include? Yeah. Who's your president, vice... Secretary of Defense, all that kind of stuff. I like that. Do that. Let us know. We are on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Please email us. We don't get any emails. <laughs> Ant-Man rides a raft of ants, and he flies out of a faucet. Shiny Dome brings Pym and Hope into his hive. Guys are coming out of a helicopter, and they are representatives of Hydra. Shiny Dome is mad that he's hidden his stuff from him. Shiny Dome is mad that Pym had hid his research from him. Yeah, see, that's that's why I keep you around. <laughs> All those subtle nuances <laughs> in dialogue. <laughs> you need to understand <laughs> my notes that I took so that you can explain it to other people. The ants are doing a good job. Ant-Man, Mission Impossible's down a tube. Shiny Dome knows Ant-Man is Scott Lang, and Shiny Dome is still searching for validation. How did he figure that out? I don't think it really said, did it? I don't know. Hope and Shiny Dome are holding guns, and Ant-Man comes in at the last second. Because he uses his batarang inside the, like, aquarium thing he was stuck in. Yeah. Pow-pows and pew-pews, Pim not doing so good. Shiny Dome with the gun to Ant-Man's head. Hope sends ants to Shiny Dome. Hope tells Ant-Man to go get the suit. Pim's got a teeny tank. The... Oh, yeah. You're talking about the yellow jacket suit. Because, like, why the Hydra was there is because Pim, or Bald Man, was selling the yellow jacket suit to Hydra. Right. And so that's what he was giving to them. Yeah. That's the suit he... Okay. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> Pim's got a teeny tank, and it gets big. That was so Which, funny. That was cool, because he's like, this This isn't a keychain, or whatever. Yeah. 
Well, then like... the back of the keychain was stuck on it. Did you see that? No. Yeah, when it got stuck, when it came out, like the the rope or the little metal coil that it was stuck to, also got massive. Oh. <laughs> so when I said, "Oh no, Anthony." That was so sad. So sad. Anthony died. So sad. I have this in quotes. It was never just a heist, and the building dissolves. Do you want to explain that? Yeah, so, like, the Ant-Man was, like, fighting Cross, and they were getting to the hel- the helicopter, and what Cross thought was he was just trying to get the suit, but what they didn't realize is, like, they were doing that, but also they wanted to destroy all of the work that they had been doing, that Cross had been doing. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to... It's like it imploded. Like, yeah. his whole building imploded into nothing. Yeah. So I think that's what he's, like... He's like, it was never about a heist, because that's what Cross thought. Mm-hmm. Yellow Jacket on the helicopter. They start fighting. Siri joke. Pretty good. Oh, with the cure? Yeah. That was really funny. That was good. Uh, they fall into the water. Also funny. I don't remember that. Yeah, they, f- they, they were in the briefcase. And this is where they did this a few times, where, like, they would have them fighting in, like, a really small thing, and it'd be, like, super dramatic, and then it would zoom out, and it would just be, like... Yeah. Um, but this was like the first one, or one of the first ones, and they fell into that the backyard of that pool that those people were grilling in. Okay, yeah. That was good. Ant-Man ping-pong paddles Yellow Jacket <laughs> into a fly zapper. He's not dead, he is just mad. As Yellow Jackets, as is tradition. As is tradition. <laughs> that one is from South, South Park. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow Jacket found Cassie. That is uh, Ant-Man's daughter. I don't think I ever named her yet. You just kept always saying, oh my God, she's so cute. So cute. Every time you'd mention her. Just so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Ant-Man was caught by police, but he gets the helmet on, so he gets out of the car. Ant-Man shrinks Yellow Jacket and then himself. He gets his ant cronies to help destroy Yellow Jacket. I just said throws a caboose at him. Yeah, that was... I think this is, like, all in that where they're fighting on top of the train. Yeah. So Ant-Man throws the caboose onto Yellow Jacket, I guess. Well, he throws that giant block at him, I thought. I don't know. They're fighting on a tiny train set. Yeah, and then, well, no, he threw him on the tracks, and the train was coming at him. Okay. And then it zoomed out. Right. And it was, like, dunk, and, it like, the the train fell over. That was really funny. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the next note I okay. had. Yellow Jacket gets run over by Thomas the Tank Engine. This is so good. And uh, and next I said, a big ant, yas. A big Thomas the Train, yas. That was so <laughs> funny. So good. Do Thomas the Tank Engines, do they do that? Like their eyes? They shift back and forth. Yeah, I think it's some kind of mechanism like on their wheels. Oh, so, so as, it, as moves it moves it. it oh, okay. I think. Seems like that's the thing I know. I've never watched a Thomas the Tank Engine. I don't know anything about Thomas the Tank Engine. Who are you? Uh, that, that was a Barney bro. I like Thomas the Tank Engine. My favorite was Percy. Uh, that means nothing to me. <laughs> I liked Barney, and then I jumped from Barney to Ninja Turtles. Okay, yeah. Maybe I just have a thing for being, like, I like people in giant foam suits maybe (laughs) (laughs) because then i like power rangers (laughs) (laughs) maybe ant-man had to shrink between molecules to destroy yellow jacket just like the mom did 
I'm guessing he'll be okay, though, because there's a second movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he was trying to do what he did to Falcon. Right. Because mm-hmm. he was getting on his back and he was trying to shrink, but he couldn't. Yeah. And that's why he had to go subatomic. Subatomic. My next note is, he's gone subatomic. <laughs> <laughs> Time and space is irrelevant and shrinking for all of eternity. That was a pretty cool, like, um, visual thing they did. Yeah, I liked that. And it kind of, it almost made me feel something. Like, I was almost experiencing dread. Well, I, yeah, I actually was kind of like, that was one thing. This, I'll save that to the end, because that's kind of part of my review of it. Um no, the, the visuals for, like, the very end actually reminded me of that control game I'm playing, because there's a lot of, like, wonky shapes and stuff like that. Hmm. He uses his blue glowy thing to get out of the weird dimension. He hugs his daughter. Am I having feelings from a Marvel movie? <laughs> About an, an Ant-Man? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I did have, like, a glass of wine in me at that point, so I, emotions might have been a little bit high. Yeah. <laughs> Ant-Man gets small and pieces out. Hope and Ant-Man are smooching. Ant-Man, mom, daughter, stepdad, all at table. Cassie did her first cartwheel. Feeds the giant ant. I really liked how he interacted with his daughter. Yeah. That was really cute. And again, it seemed genuine. For sure. I think that's why I was like, am I having feelings from this? I, you know, this seems real. <laughs> I never really had that much of an opinion on Paul Rudd other than like, hey, he's kind of cool. But I don't know. He's a really good actor. Yeah, pretty good. Last note I have says Ant-Man's bro talks about art. Falcon is looking for Ant-Man. That was, oh my gosh. He was so funny in that one. He's like, you know, I'm more of a neo-incubist myself, but I, this right. Rothko <laughs> is like giving me some feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So, do you want to give your review? Yeah, so, one cat left and another one hopped on me. That's how it does. That, that, blah, blah, blah. That's how yeah. it goes. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Um, hey, would you just don't, don't do that. He's sniffing the mic. Um, also very cute. I loved this movie. It, it was just a really, like, this movie, I think we talked about this a little bit last with uh, Ultron, that, like, what Marvel does really well is not take themselves too seriously. And this movie, they totally just like ran with that. It was really funny. It reminded me a lot of like those 1950s B movies. Um, the acting was great. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely loved this movie. I don't know what I gave my highest it was like a nine. Maybe like I'm tempted to give this like a 10. Wow. Because, like, okay, let me put it this way. In terms of just good movies, like, if I just rated just movies in general, it'd be, like, maybe an eight. Yeah. But if it was, if I'm just looking at Marvel movies, this is hands down the best one so far, in my opinion. That's true. I give this, in terms of just Marvel movies, I give this a 10 out of 10. Sweet. Yeah. What about you? I mean, I pretty much just agree with you. I thought it was funny. I was kind of interested in his character, actually. And, yeah, it. I guess it didn't really feel like that much of a Marvel movie to me, which maybe made me like it even more. But, yeah, I, I, I liked it. I don't know that I'd give it a 10, even within just the constraint yeah. of the Marvel Universe movies. But um, I think I would give it, like, a 9. 
Because it definitely, by far, like, this is one that I would want to watch again. Yeah, definitely. But it does also make me think about the one, the other one that I liked the most, which is Guardians of the Galaxy. And I can't remember which one I gave, or how much yeah. I gave to them. And I'm trying to decide which one I liked better. And, it, like, currently, it's Ant-Man, because I just watched Ant-Man, but now I'm not so sure. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say it was Ant-Man, because I think the humor in Ant-Man was funnier. That's true. Like, it, I guess, I guess, it, I think. yeah, well, and for me, my personal taste, like, Ant-Man had much, like, the, the comedy in Ant-Man was more my type of comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that was because Edgar Wright wrote it, and I, I love British humor. Yeah. Um, I think that helped a lot. Yeah, so good stuff. Yeah. Way to go, Marvel. Hey, hey. Way hey, to go, Paul Rudd. Hey, guess what? What? Guess what? T- tell us. We finished a phase. We did. Yeah, this is the last one of the second phase. Wow. That's We're getting pretty close to, like, being caught up. No, we're not. There's there's so many movies in the next phase. But we've been doing pretty good about yeah, I guess we have. getting through yeah. them, I feel like, so. yeah. I keep forgetting that we're not releasing these as we watch them. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like we've been doing this for, a, like... Right. Yeah. Which, by the time you guys hear this, we will probably be done. Probably, I would think. Or pretty close. Yeah. Hmm. So this will probably come out in, like, May, and it's, yeah. like, March. So. I do think, we talked about this before, we are going to do another side quest. Yeah. Um, we're still trying to figure out what movie to watch with that one, but... Uh, I really like to do in that other that that old I Captain it was America fun. one. Yeah, and I hope that it gave listeners an opportunity to maybe see something that they wouldn't normally see. Like I don't yeah. know, I don't know. Maybe you just listen to it without watching the movie, but I think it probably isn't doesn't quite make as much sense because our notes are not that thorough. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so and it was and the the thing too is like I. You know, there's some movies that I really wanted to watch, but I don't know if there's a way for people to watch them. Yeah. And that one is, you can get that on Vudu. Right. Or like Amazon. It's super easy to find. For sure. So, it'll be a surprise. But in two weeks, that's what we'll be putting out, is our next side quest. Yep. So. And then the next Marvel movie is Captain America Civil War. All right. So, there you go. How about that? How about that? Hot Brown Rain. Hot Brown Rain. <laughs> that is a Tim and Eric reference. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Later, nerds. Later, nerds. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments or questions or anything without spoilers, feel free to email us at unmarvelouspodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram at unmarvelouspodcast and Twitter at unmarvelouspod. Later, nerds. Beep, 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 a couple different things that we can put here <laughs> yeah because there's like the mid credits scene i guess that is pim and hope pim wants to show hope something it's a neat suit
mom and him were working on it for it's about damn time. I agree. Yeah, so she's going to be the wasp. Yeah. And I forgot to mention in the beginning, it didn't dawn on me till quite a ways through that that's not Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> that like, And that's who Michael Douglas is married to, which is kind of weird. Yes. Because he's much older than her. It's but like it's... 30 years or something. It's like 20 or 30 years older than her. Probably. Hmm. Yeah. Not unheard of, though. Yeah, yeah. So. It's not like a Woody Allen thing. Yeah, we don't want to get into that. So the next one. Yeah, the after-after credits is Falcon and Captain America. The Winter Soldier is stuck under something. It looked like his arm was stuck in something. Yeah, and then the Falcon says, I know a guy. Yeah, because they... So this one I do know a little bit about what that was insinuating, um, just because I know some of the comic stuff. So what they said was they can't talk to Tony because of the Accords. And essentially what is going to happen in Civil War is, like, they're going to try to, um, like, there's a big thing that happens with the government, like, the world's governments are trying to make it, like, easier to, I don't know. It's all about, like, they need, they want to know who's, not a not a mutant, but like who's a superhero and who's not a superhero. Yeah, it'll make more sense later. But that, okay. but what that is, it, like that was a big like finger pointing to the stuff that's going to happen in Civil War. Okay, and that's why they couldn't talk to him. Gotcha. Okay, well, I guess we're gonna go c- continue being quarantined or whatever. Wish us luck. So, Wash goodbye. your hands, you filthy nerds. Hope y'all have stayed healthy because by the time this comes out, it will be like May. So and hope maybe, you survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe it's done by now. If, to the survivors that listen to us, I, I lived the best life I thought I could. 